with such readings, I'm not sure where we have, how we have gotten to the point where we just think that Jesus or God, the Trinity, is just this willy-nilly little idol that we can manipulate and control by our thoughts or our desires. How we have come to a point where we just think that God is at our every beck and call. And yet, as a culture, we certainly have, and sadly, some of our separated brothers and sisters within the Protestant faith have taken that approach simply because they're worried about numbers. Of course, we're worried about numbers. We're, the goal is salvation of souls. But the Lord is the one who gives us the remedy for the salvation of souls, not ourselves. And so for you and I to try and reinvent a wheel that has already been cast, the crucifix, uh, is foolishness. We have to allow the Lord to speak, which is why we enter into a season of preparation, to let the Lord speak. Again, Isaiah, the prophet, is in a, a time period of great turmoil, extreme frustration and sadness on behalf of the people. We can't even fathom the level of fear that they would have, unless, of course, you are here from another country and have fled because of persecution. Then perhaps you can appreciate it. But for most of us, who have grown up in the United States, this is so far beyond our experience that it's actually quite laughable in so many ways that we can't even come close to the sensation that they are experiencing or feeling. They're looking at their whole family, their tribe, which God has delivered and brought through many trials and tribulations divided, now conquered and taken over by a foreigner. Their land is decimated, completely taken over, completely decimated, and now they are lost. The, the two little tribes down to the south are wondering, are their brothers and sisters, their cousins, their aunts, their uncles even alive? Let alone the fact that they're scattered to the north and the south, the east and the west, because of the Assyrian takeover. So <clears throat> to understand that this is the situation that the prophet Isaiah is speaking to is critical. We can get to a sense of what they feel in the spiritual if we do an examination of conscience, which is what John the Baptist is encouraging us to do today. When we look at ourselves and realize how powerless we are over sin, Again, you have to acknowledge that there is sin, but uh, this is part of our problem today. What is sin? We don't know what sin is. We can't define it. We, don't, we have an excuse for it. Every time we, you know, the church would say, this is a sin, we'll say, yes, but, and then we'll throw out some theory that we think is so intelligent as if God doesn't know what he's talking about. Sin is going to destroy the human person. God is screaming at us to take inventory. Not screaming in, a, in, a, in the negative sense, but trying to get our attention. And so we have this incredible reading from Isaiah today of, of what it will be like. We're in devastation. This is the dream. The dream that on this mountain, the church, in the house of the Lord, in the presence of God, 
you and I will live in harmony. No, long will, no longer will the wife be a threat to the husband or the husband be a threat to the wife. No longer will lay people be a threat to the clergy or the clergy be to the lay people. No longer a, a lion and a lamb will be predator and prey. No more. That's not God's intention. This is all a result of sin. And so the dream that Isaiah is putting forth is that this one is going to come on the scene and he's going to prepare a way for the Lord. And this is going to happen, this harmony. The original intention will be restored. Comes at a cost. It comes at a cost. And we hear part of the cost today in, in the gospel passage that we just read with John the Baptist coming on the scene. Now, Matthew is not writing for GQ when he talks about Matthew's clothing or uh, John's clothing. He's throwing that out there because for a good uh, Bible person, you would know, this, he's, that's Elijah. What do you mean? John, why'd you change his name? Elijah's the one that, that wears camel clothing. Not hunter camel. Come on, where's your humor? Crying out loud. I work all week for this. <laughs> this would be from the second Kings. We know that when Elijah comes again, that's the sign. When Elijah, remember Elijah was taken up. When he returns again, you know the Messiah is at hand. Now John, of course, isn't literally Elijah, but he is the person of in the person of, in the figure of, the image of. He is a prophet. Elijah is the prophet. John is a prophet. After Elijah, one in a wilderness. When we lost, last saw Elijah taken up, it was in the wilderness, on the edge of the Jordan. And here we are, on the edge of the Jordan, John's there, dressed in Elijah's clothing, and he's screaming out the message of Elijah. Repent! The kingdom of God is at hand. The time has come. No longer will we be in pain and suffering if only we open our hearts, open our minds to this one who is coming, one mightier than I. I'm pretty impressive, but there's one more mighty than I am. And listen what he says. You brood of vipers... How to Win Friends and Influence People by John the Baptist. Call them a brood of vipers. Insult them. It's serious business. You know, religion has become almost just a, a side thing, a fun thing. You know, we, we do it to fill time. John doesn't think so. John wants evidence. Prove that you're serious. Don't play games with us. This is not about, you know, just showing up to make an appearance, to name drop, to say that you're a popular person, or do you know my last name? Do you know where I come from? Do you know who I am? Don't say you're children of Abraham. It's not going to get you anywhere. This is serious language that John is using. Because God is screaming for our attention, trying to shake us from our slumber. You and I are 
in the second week of Advent. We're just beginning, and yet we're already at the halfway mark for our preparation. A preparation, first and foremost, to thank Almighty God for the gift of His fidelity in sending His only begotten Son. It has happened. The kingdom of God is at hand. We'll receive the Lord Jesus Christ in this Eucharist in a moment. We receive divine grace every time we enter into the sacraments. The kingdom of God is at hand, but there will come a time, John just told us, when he will come again and no more monkey business. Then will be a separation, sheep from goats, based on the choices you and I make. Not something that's going to be inflicted upon us, that God is going to all of a sudden come out of the clouds and say, you know, I never have liked you. Get over there. You're going down. That's not it. He's going to say, really? These are the choices you've made? We will see him weep, and he'll say, your will, your wish. You get what you want. You made your bed. I tried. Friends, we can't allow that to happen for ourselves or our family members. We're called to be the John the Baptist today, in today's world, to call people to repentance, to make straight away, to, as we talked about last week, in the spirit of repentance, clean house. Re- get ready for a baby. Put all the chemicals away, all the knickknacks, anything that is not child, uh, child-friendly, put it away, get rid of it. The baby's coming. We need a space for him. And of course we know he's come. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. But he's coming again in the Eucharist. Is your house clean for him? Is your dwelling place fitting for such a king? I could, like John the Baptist, say, show evidence. But we're Catholic. We assume the best of each other. So let's ask the Holy Spirit this week as we go through our week, again, a week of preparation to celebrate and to prepare ourselves for his second coming, to take inventory, examination of conscience, set ourselves up against the measurement, the prototype, who is Christ himself. Am I looking more like him, thinking more like him, acting more like him, or am I going in a different direction? And then we need to do what we need to do to set our course right, to lower the mountains, get rid of the things that are an obstacle in in the way of our relationship with the Lord, to raise up the pits in our life, the bad habits, the vice that we've allowed to creep in, the laziness, the sleepiness that has taken. We need to fill it up, get busy, do the work of the Lord. Let's pray for that grace this week.